Hola. Welcome to episode 42, A Word to Your Mama. I'm your host, Ritzy P. You know, I've been uh, trying to finally put in the time and effort to promote this podcast. So far, it's just been something that was started in September during a global pandemic with little to no fanfare. It's just been word of mouth, uh, social media, stuff like that. But nothing to the next level, if you will. So I've been doing the six-month program thing where it gets me, holds me accountable to do things. So one of the projects that I've done is finally get all the data together to put a media kit um, together, right? To start really trying to promote this podcast that I love doing and I hope you guys love listening to. And in the process of putting, getting all this data together and really thinking about what the podcast is, who it's for, what kind of themes run through it and everything like that. And talking to really good friends that know me and know the podcast really well is that the initial intro that I had on all social media, on the website, when people asked me, it was like a one, two liner, like the elevator pitch has evolved and we wanted it to, we wanted it to we wanted it to evolve and speak more of what the podcast really is now i had an idea of what it would be it ex- it has exceeded my expectations and so i wanted to kind of run by you like the new byline if you will Word to Your Mama, a podcast about the life of a Latinx mama and the lives of her amazing multicultural tribe, a celebration of shared experiences navigating this dynamic world. I've been sitting with it for a while, um, and I like it, and I just want to see if it resonates with you, if you feel that works. I've also been right now the last couple of days... The media kit is up on the site, but I'm going to adjust it. The numbers have gone up in the last three weeks since I started this process. Also, excuse me, I wanted to add who the podcast is for. So I've been collecting data from a lot of you out there that I know really well, some that I don't know as well, but that I know really support this podcast. So I've been getting everyone's feedback and then... um, Papa Bear is helping me since he's the writer to just get everyone's stuff and put it into one or two sentences of who the podcast for, like what type of people. So working on that. So hopefully, you know, a a serious push. Anyways, back to episode 42. We have a special, special guest, Dave Gilmore. Dave Dice Gilmore, original member, JDR. He's a senior financial analyst, but also till the day he dies, he's a true hip hop fan. I know him from college. We go into the story how we met, how I didn't really like him. I tell everyone that story in the beginning. I should never judge the book by its cover. Also, we have so many hip hop music industry adventures that we were both in a certain space 
go-getters. We worked for Nate Dog. That was our first job. Nate Dog Street Team, RIP Nate Dog. And then got into our perspective lanes in the music industry, really focusing on hip-hop at one time, to the point where we both incredibly ended up interns at the world-famous wake-up show, which was a dream for both of us. So we talk about those different stories. But I think what's important is that Dave is part of my crew, my tribe. He's family to me. But we haven't been as close or not as close. I would say more not in in contact as we used to. We used to go to all the shows together. We used to text or, you know, talk to each other, see each other on the reg. And it has changed. And I feel that this convo, Dave, I hope you're listening to this. He shared with me that. Thank you for the time and the catch up because, you know, we did what we did on the recording and then we did a proper catch up after. And he was like, thank you for reminding me of who I was. And I was like, no, no, that's not that's not the point of this. The I was just reminding you of who you are. Sometimes. We lose ourselves a little bit. And I feel that a lot of us that have been on the show, a lot of the guests, we talk about that. Certain parts, certain uh, different parts of the timeline, of our current timelines, we lose ourselves a little bit. We, we, we put ourselves in something that maybe might not giving what we've been putting in back. We, we lose ourselves in uh, a job that maybe is not our calling. I mean, different people have talked about different things. And we, sometimes we just need a reminder of not who we were, but who we are, the essence of who we are. And I just wanted this opportunity to, you know, we talk about having guests from my multicultural tribe. And I really try to focus on diverse voices, people of color, Black, Indigenous, you know, all different walks of life but if I do have any Caucasians on here we call them quality Caucasians and that's what Dave is here a quality Caucasian we talk about his you know his upbringing how music was a huge influence in his life growing up in the Bay how those fundamental lessons of being in those groups, liking that type of music, being white, being Jewish, how that has shaped him, how that really was a catalyst for saying, you know what, I want to work here and work with this person. I want to be a part of this. And he just made it happen. And we both did. We had these amazing, I mean, we talk about it. There was like so many different people that could have been interns at the wake up show. So many different people that applied to the jobs that he applied at to work with Violet Brown. He got it. He made it happen. And he loves music. It's always a part of him. And sometimes we forget certain things. And I hope that this conversation and re-listening to this, and especially later on in the questions and comments, the amazing 
story and flowers that Violet Brown gives Dave. I hope he listens to this and knows that this is who he is, who he always has been and who he will always be. The essence of this amazing person that loves music and that treats everyone the same no matter what. He's ride or die. So let's get into this. And if you haven't, watch the Element Stock because we talk a lot about that here as well. It's number one on iTunes. Felicidades, fellas. Let's get into it. Oh, and don't forget, stay tuned after his section for the Supernatural Bear Corner. Supernatural Bear has a very, very important message for his Uncle Dave. You like this that is- though? You like that I had a E40 playing for you as a little intro to get you hyped, get you in the state. 100 percent I'm sorry, my fucking headphones weren't right. <laughs> okay. You know, we gotta jack it back up. <laughs> so so Dave, how have you been? How you know I don't get to talk to you. We don't talk as much as we used to. Um uh... is that your dog in the back? Oh, you could hear her. I was wondering if you could hear her. <laughs> fine, it's fine. She um, could hear you. She could hear you too. Apparently. Um, she's like, I don't like who who's that talking? Why is her voice like that? So how have you been? How how has the pandemic been for you? The pandemic is basically non-existent for me. Um to be truthful, I mean, I was dealing with some things before that. So, you know, it was nice, smooth, easy ride for me, you know. <laughs> Being serious, it, you know, my provided some great clarity for myself. And, and Got it. Pandemic and being all by myself, you know. So, I mean, for me, you know, of course, it world changed and all that sort of thing but ultimately as e40 would say it's small things to a giant <laughs> compared to what i was already going through so it didn't mean anything really got it like state of mind mental state of mind yeah i mean i was already there <laughs> i mean shit <laughs> everybody come come up to my world you know what i mean but get with the program you know yeah so but, you know, I mean, I I think it was crazy. I think it was, you know, once in a lifetime thing. I mean, I don't feel like it's over. I'm yeah, no. not even close to it. How about you guys? How how were you guys doing out there? You know, we it was tough in the beginning, of course, you know, with uh, with uh, both of us, depending on the live music. And uh, I'm sure people that listen to the podcast are tired of me saying the same shit but it's the truth like you know it was tough but we luckily we work for ourselves and we're used to making different moves and Hustler. you know what i'm saying and you yeah. know the good thing is that on the financial end the supernatural bear was none the wiser and I, that's all we could hope for you know where it, we just were able to focus on him and his transition into this new right. world this new situation and you know, we're still in it hardcore. And now for, for us, at least because we have a eight year old, the supernatural bear, I'm to be fucking real. I'm more afraid for him now than I was a year ago because 
he can't get vaccinated. He's too young. And everybody's and, acting like if you have a vaccination, you're good. Yeah, which is not the fucking case. So, anyway, yeah. no. So, so yeah. you know what I'm saying. So, yeah. So it's just you know it's crazy. Um, but we do what we do. You know, we we do. We could only do what we can do for ourselves and try to keep the this immediate family as safe as possible. I mean, right. that's all we could do and move accordingly. You know, I can't how to break it down to some people, family, and just be like. You know, you're vaccinated, but you hang out with unvaccinated motherfuckers. I can't do it. Sorry. Right. Uh, you're unvaccinated. Sorry. I, I have to move accordingly. I have to take care of the little man. And with the Delta variant, the Delta variant is not playing. It's more contagious. Um, I can't fuck around. So sorry. Oh, I think you're 100 <laughs> percent right. And I'd act that way. And you've come this far. You might as well see it through. Yeah. I just like. You know, gotta gotta be as safe as possible, and it's just getting worse and worse. I have grin and bear it. Grin Grin and bear it. it. Um, yeah, I have two friends that have um, two friends that have two kids each that have COVID right now. The kids have COVID. Yeah, the kids have COVID because well, my best friend, all of his kids got COVID. No, and I was like over there. I was like over there, and I was like, I went over for one of the kids' birthdays. And he was like, well, you know, my son's not feeling that great. And I got in the house and I was like, okay, where's your mask? Yeah. Oh, I don't have one. I said, if I gave you one, you put it on. He said, yeah. I said, okay, you stay over there. And then a few days later, every single one, except for, right, I'll do the blank for you. So yeah, you have to blank, blank, blank it out that time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. His mom got it too. And just he Thanks. and I, and when was this? We're on camera, so it doesn't matter. Quit asking all these questions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like probably a week or so ago. I'm just two saying, weeks like ago. you good? Have you gotten tested? Oh no, no, yeah, I've got tested. Okay, all right. I got That's tested. All. Now there's a place around the corner from where I live that I was getting tested regularly just because, just because yeah. it was free. It literally, like when it first hit, I would go over there took me 30 minutes. And then next time it was like an hour. Mm, mm. And then all of a sudden I pulled up there. I was the only car. And it was like, wait a second, this is taking me like five minutes is free. Yeah. I'm going to come. So, so you're good. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Man. But the, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it later, but <laughs> I forgot for a second that we were uh, on a podcast talking. Yeah. Uh, this ain't I've... fucking hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> haven't seen you for a while so this is that gutter shit so you know let's start from the beginning dave tell the folks where you're from grew up in northern california the bay area about 20 minutes south from san francisco aka the city right across the bridge from the town also known as oakland um you know, that's the place where I resided and where, you know, I got all my game from and, you know, my personality, my flavor, my pizzazz, my panache. <laughs> um, most of my friends are either from the Bay or San Diego. Um, Diego. Yeah. I know it's weird. So, you know, I love the Bay Area. And even though, ironically, I've been out here in L.A. much longer than the Bay. I mean, nobody was telling me I'm not from the Bay or I'm not a Bay boy because I don't feel like I'm from L.A. I'll promise you that. 
Yeah. Too 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 real, and I can't be fake to be that. Oops. And, and you and you and you. It, it, like I would never think of you as an LA person, no matter how long you live here. If you never go back, I'll always think of you as yay yay area. You got it. All Absolutely. day. Hmm. So let's let's tell the folks. Let's share how we met. And you, I mean, I know the part you really want to tell, so you'll have to tell how we met, and then you could bring up the part we're talking about right now because I don't exactly remember. I don't exactly remember either how we met. It had it been but, our crew, but I'll tell you this: you didn't like me at first. That's the truth. That's the truth. That's the truth. That was the one part of this show I knew damn well we you were going to fucking say one way course, or another. <laughs> of course. It's our story. It's our story. I think it's I think it's super important. That no, you I should agree. Ne- you shouldn't, you know, that sometimes people that you might not like in the beginning turn out to be family. And that's what happens here. You know, that's what happened here. I 100 percent agree. And the feeling wasn't mutual. I probably liked you from the beginning. <laughs> and that was probably the problem. He probably was like, dude, why is this dude just shut the fuck up or something? You know, but I think I learned, you know, I think through that, I learned, learned a really good lesson about myself. And that's like, you know, you can't just come out the gate and just be yourself all the way 100%. You got to dial it back a little bit. And I think that, you know, that's proved dividends to me and definitely took me 20 plus years to learn, but, you know, later on with my career or I'm at work, like I, you, you can't be yourself everywhere you go. Mm. There's time and a place. So I think I definitely learned some lessons from that. But it turned out okay for us, huh? Cause we had mad adventures and that you're, you're part of my family. You're part of my tribe. But on top of that, yeah. Out of the out of the OG crew that I talk about all the time from college that you guys are my family, my chosen family. Yeah. You have a unique. Let's say distinction because you're a part of that crew, but then we also had another lane Hmm. that we experienced, and that was the music industry, the hip hop, because that's what ultimately brought us together. Definitely. Definitely. I don't know what what it was. Was it like a convo? I don't know how we got started. And then once we hit that unifying source of hip hop music. Right. Then it was on and popping. And we were I was like, what? Of course. And then we united and then we um, had our first music industry job together. Pretty much. Yeah, that was it. Did you do something before me? You got me my first music industry job. I, I did. I got it. Probably. <laughs> we talking about Nate Dog. Yeah. Okay. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah. We were for Nate Dog Productions. It was his girlfriend. I forgot her name. I remember I made her about Natalie. Natalie. Uh, was it? Was it? Did I, 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 no. That sounds Nate, right. Nate. Natalie. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know, but we were doing everything we weren't we weren't paid enough that's for we sure we weren't paid we're, but we got paid i couldn't remember i was like what were we just doing it but we got no, paid. no no we got paid we got paid because we also maybe we didn't get it paid our last check or something that sounds right <laughs> right but Probably. i don't even i don't even know how we saw about the job i don't know if i saw it online because it wasn't 
you know, that wasn't a big thing back then. We're talking about what was that? 90s. We're talking about 90s, late 90s. Yeah. Like 98 maybe or something like that. And then you and I were working at Nate Dog Productions. We were doing Street Team. Yeah. And the who did the merch? It was like, I still, I think I still have maybe one or two shirts left. It was Nate Dog, but he was all white. <laughs> he looked like a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I have keychains. Uh, I got um, water bottles. Do you have the untenable? I, I have. You know what I actually have? I have the mock-up of the van we were supposed to travel shut, around shut in. Shut up! Yeah. You have to send. You have to send me a picture of that, please. I need okay. a post. When, it. Whenever I dig that up. Oh, okay. Oh, it's like <laughs> in the files and the archives. And then um, it was crazy because we. It, so so people are like, whoa. Some people that are listening know what that is, but if you don't know what a street team was back in ah, the days, right? Let's do it. Go back. Back in the days, what did we have to do? What did our job consist of? What were street teams? What did so they do? So a street team, you had a street team that would go around to different clubs. They would, you know, post up flyers, put up posters, talk about artists, uh, go up and down the block, and you know, put these posters up in those. Uh, neighborhoods that you thought were uh, the right ones to be in, you know, go through Hollywood, everywhere. I mean, you basically had to do that to let people know that your album was coming out. You couldn't go online, you couldn't send a tweet, couldn't do a post. Yeah, no. Um, you would hear about it. Maybe, I mean, it was different. You would, you know, you could go to the record store, you could go and see when new releases were coming out. But then again, you had to, you know, let people know that it was coming out. You know, I think the first... The first night we were like, we went up and like put up all these posters. Remember, we went all the way straight down Long Beach Boulevard, all the way into Compton. Yeah. And we put them up and you had to put them up. The higher you put them up, the better you were because they were going to stay up longer. And yeah. then remember the next day, uh, <laughs> the uh, his name was Al. He was like, where the hell were you guys at last night? You guys know you could have got killed. <laughs> You guys can't go over there. You guys can't be riding around putting posters up anywhere. What are you guys doing? We're like, we're down though. We don't care. Yeah, it was dangerous, folks. Like it was dangerous because we'd be going late at night. We were doing shit you weren't supposed to be doing. Like we don't have a, we don't got a permit to put up these posters. And back in the days, depending on what areas, if like a bunch of shit was coming out and concerts at the same time, it would be like one telephone pole, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Just like, and then we had that, um, that stapler. He's like, bah, 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 bah. Cause you had to do it quick, fast and then jump in the car, jump in the van. So, you know, we didn't know that there was, you know, the black and brown war <laughs> going on between oh, the really Mex- it was because Nate had just left Suge Knight and. True, true, true. That too. There was all of those problems that were going on and we just were naive Young we were kids. young. Yeah, we were young. We didn't know. But on top of that, it was also just the normal Mexican against black shit. Yeah. <laughs> and so we didn't know that we were risking our lives <laughs> for some for some Nate dog. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't. And not, not, not everybody loved him like they love him right now. Mm-hmm. Put it to you like that. Yeah, he, for reals, for reals, for reals. This was going to be his album that came out, his first album. When that up to that point, he had only sung on some stuff here and there. He wasn't the hook man. He wasn't any of that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then, um, of course, you know that we have to tell the story of when we went to the palace. 
Do you remember? We were in the van. Remember, it was me and you. Do you remember yeah. this? And, well, where they were like, where they said, <laughs> what are you guys doing here? <laughs> when, the, when the Cholos came. And <laughs> Tell me again. Remind me. Okay. I forgot what show was happening at the palace, which is now called the, I don't know what it's called now. Um, but we were at the palace and then we were outside. We had like mad, you know, stacks of flyers that we were passing oh, out. Oh, yeah. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, go ahead. Then what happened? You tell me. You tell it. I think they came up with like, what the fuck are you guys doing here? What the fuck, Nate Dog? And we was like, fuck Nate Dog, take all this shit. <laughs> They're like, what are you passing this stuff out? But shit, they're paying us. They're like, give me all that. Fuck that. And then they like threw it in the trash. It was like, great, we're still getting paid. We'll throw it away. <laughs> but dude, literally, they're about to jump us. They thought we were gonna like, like defend like our our Nate Dog hood. I mean, we were like, what? <laughs> and then do you remember they chased us? We had to run up the hill and they chased I us don't to the car. That part. They were chasing you, not me. No. I had I had a slow stroll. <laughs> no, you you were running. We were all running. We both of us were running. We're like, fuck those those fucking cholos are gonna fuck us up. Um, hilarious. The thing that I remember most about the job is how you and I were doing the job for the people that were supposed to be setting it up. We go to clubs. They were like, "What do you?" Like nobody told us you were coming yeah. and we were like, oh, and then we're like, well, guess what? We're here. This is what's up. We'd like to come into your club. We got into everywhere for free. There was not one place. And then we were like, <laughs> yes. I think you and I, before we like were decide, like the, like the label had folded. Cause that's what happened. Like you and I were sitting there. I remember vaguely in, in the van, like they didn't tell us where to go. They didn't, they got us this, they got us that, they got us this. And then you and I were like, I think it might have been the last time we went up to like Universal City Walk or something. And we were like, okay, this is it. They set us up here. This is the last time. We're not doing this shit anymore. And it was like, they if it wasn't for us, they wouldn't have like done anything. And I don't know, maybe that kind of like sparked something for you and your independent spirit. Maybe a little bit more like, look, why do I have to work for this guy when I could do this? You know, and, yeah. you know, for me too. Um Cause we, I think we were like new to the game. So we thought we were going to, I felt like we we're going to, we thought we we're going to learn something, but if anything, we were like, what are they thinking? I remember, remember I almost got in a fight with his girlfriend, the, I don't know what she was to the company. We had, we got our checks from her. Senior VP. And I remember I was like, I forgot I what was the, what the situation was, but I was about to fight her. And I remember, cause I remember think saying like, you guys need to be doing this. And th like, it was like natural for me to see, like, you should be doing this. Like, how come right. you're not doing this? And how come, you know, why is Nate Dog all white? <laughs> but, you know, I think before that we did kind of miss something before, before with that, you know, you, me and Juice, we had a crew called JDR, Juice that's, Dyson oh, that's Ritz. That's right? right. And, you know, in college, wherever, you know, and it wasn't like, well, I guess it is kind of like today, but today's hip hop, you go to big stadiums and you can't go see no small shows, at least as far as I know. And, the, you know, back in our day, you had to go to small little ass clubs no matter, you know, where it was, you had to hear about it. You had the, this show called The Unity, which was like, 
probably the best events I've ever been to in my entire yeah. life. Yeah. Uh, you know, and all these small little shows and we would go as you, me and juice and we would go. And if it wasn't, you couldn't go juice. And I went, and if I couldn't go, you and juice went, you know, we had this crew of like, whatever the hip hop show was, we were going every single time. And that, you know, that kind of bred everything. It was like awesome to have like, without question, I knew somebody was going to go to this show with me. And I'm yeah. sure there were shows where it was like, oh, you can't go. We're going to go. I'm going by myself and vice versa. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't in every way. And other, other friends would come sometimes, but most part, all of us would, would go together. And through that, you know, we kind of learned more about like how you're supposed to do these different things, you know, who's cool, who's not cool, seeing the same heads at different spots. So yeah. Cause it was a small, it was a small community. Shout out to Juice. I don't even know where he's at and what he's doing, but I hope he's doing okay. I'm with you too. Shout out Juice. Juice. JD Yara. JD. And back then folks, I just went by Ritz. Just Ritz, but only with this crew right here. Only with the crew. Um, yeah. So, so then we, you know, I don't know. We, we stopped doing that and then, we both went into our own person. We both went into the music industry in our own way, like made our own way. And then no. as you, you're from the Bay hmm. and I'm from San Diego and we're both the biggest motherfucking fans of hip hop. And we were d- driving all the time from Long Beach, wherever it was, we would be there like stage left. That was yep. always our shit. Stage left, like stage left. And then we always had the elbow game on lock. So if anyone tried to get in front of us, boom, elbows. You couldn't pass us. You couldn't fuck with our space. Do you want to support original content that supports diverse voices? Why not support Word to Your Mama? You're listening to it right now. Become a patron. Head over to patreon.com slash WTYM. There are four patron levels to choose from, including Good Looking Out, I'm Down, Hell Yeah, and Please Believe It. Benefits include patron shoutouts, exclusive patron-only content, and so much more. Head on over to patreon.com slash WTYM to take your support to the next level. Gracias. So Ritzy and I would like go up about four people back. We wouldn't go any closer because, you know, we knew motherfuckers were going to be pushing up there and we wanted our space to be able to do our thing, you know, and then we would like go together, you know, and at some point Juice stopped coming in really was just you and I, to be honest, you know, yeah. and you know, when Hardcore. you were, when you were working at house of blues, you get tickets where I was working at the warehouse. I'd get tickets. Yep. We'd always trade tickets and you were always my plus one and vice versa. And yep. then we'd, we'd go up to the front about four people back, you know, and stand there super comfortable, plenty of space, <laughs> Yeah, you yeah. know, like probably five people could be there and it would always be people, you know, especially when like the main artists would come up, they'd like come from the back and try to get up and Ritzy and I would just stand shoulder to shoulder, like, and like put our Elbow muscles extended. on, like, 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 no, nah, we can't move it. We're about, you know, we're like pushed up against people here. So, and then we like look back and like, where can we go? You know, and then they like try to circle on over and then we would just keep our feet in one place and kind of lean over. (laughs) 
us and then they get discouraged and they like you know move over to the center go ahead stage right center wherever like get away from here and then we'd be like oh we got our space exactly you had to hold your own you had to hold our own so that was good time so then we so we you know and we're we're we never let up we're going hardcore it's fucking the heyday of hip-hop in general but the fucking heyday of underground hip-hop in LA like well, there were so many things and you know the, the shows the radio shows and this and that tell the folks where independently we both ended up at the same motherfucking time I mean it's absolutely amazing I came down from the Bay Area well, the one thing that I was going to miss when I came down to the Bay Area was Sway and Tech's wake up show I came down here I have no idea you know this is where God exists you know what I mean <laughs> the wake up show followed me no, yes. no joke. It fucking followed me. I'm over here. If I wasn't going to a show or it wasn't some super dope, uh, super dope concert, I literally was at home Friday or Saturdays. It's been so long. I don't know. Remember what, what fucking night it was. <laughs> but anyway, I was at home recording that motherfucker. I had like, you know, remember the old school timers that you put on your your um, outlet where your where your thing would on your alarm or your light would turn on to lot, you know, so the burglars wouldn't come and break. Well, I did that shit on my fucking boom box to record the motherfucker on tapes. Anyway, so we had been going to the, you know, wake up shows, wake up shows, wake up shows. And we would like follow them around as much as we can. And I, I don't know how, but I became a pest to to uh, sway. And every time I'd see him, I'd be like, yo, let me, you know, I want to, you know, help, I want to work on this. this is after Nate Doug. I want to work on the show. want to work on the show. You know, gave me his number. You know, and one thing to say about them is that they were always cool and always respectful and always like, open and that's what hip-hop was back then i mean you know there was hip-hop beef and that sort of thing but ultimately it was like it's this community there's these four elements everybody you meet especially in la as people were coming up you know it's like still if i see all those dudes today it's like you know i know some of their real names and that's what i call them because that's what they introduced themselves to me as you know what i mean and it's like i had no reason to change but anyway I finally went up there. You probably rem- you probably remember this. Before we were on the wake up show, they had this big um they had the big uh battle between Juice mm. and Supernatural. Remember mm-hmm. that? And yep. I think we were in Reseda. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and I was fucked up. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> before that, like Exhibit was supposed to be the guest host. Yeah. Okay. And he had called and they're like, oh, so sorry, Exhibit cannot um, or not host. Exhibit can't be a judge this time, you know, for the for the big battle they've been promoting for six months. And when we're talking freestyles, we're talking freestyles. We're not talking written stuff. We're not no. talking looking at our phones. No. We're talking about being in fat beats and super nat grabbing records off the the thing and passing them. And he's naming every single one possible, the biggest dopest freestylers you could imagine <clears throat> big battle okay so after exhibit goes oh i can't make it or whatever i call sway the next day right and i think i talked to tech and tech was like what the fuck are you calling up here before 11 <laughs> and then he goes sway your guy's on the phone man tell him not to be calling up here before 11 <laughs> my god shit Anyway, I go, oh, Sway, it's uh, it's Dave. Um, yeah, I heard the uh, exhibit couldn't 
judge <laughs> the battle. You know, if you're looking for one, I'm down. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> he was like, oh, you're down. I go, yeah. He goes, all right, we'll see. <laughs> so anyway, do you remember this? Yes. So we were at the thing and I don't know, they had Foster's beer, which I love Foster's because I'm from Foster City. And I don't know, they're the big oil cans. I must have had two or three of them. And Sway looks over at me before the battle and he goes, Dave, come on stage. (laughs) And he pulls me up to like literally be real. I don't remember who else was there, but it was all big time rappers. Yes. And Dave was up here. (laughs) But I was like really part of the the thing. Anyway, I was so fucked up. And I think that's from there. That's where I was like, you know, I want to be an intern, whatever. He's like, all right, come up, talk to Carmelita. I came up. I mean, I've been trying for probably six months. I go up there. I'm in there. You know, I'm in the thing where I've been recording now. Saturdays don't mean shit or whatever day I'm there. I'm standing next to Rev. I'm in the thing. I'm hearing everything. I mean, and this is the show that's like breaking new music. This is the show that's literally the best show. Unless if you were on new in New York and they would say they had the best show. You know, there are a few stretching. Stretching. It was was like the stretching. Like they were comparable. It was like they're the ones breaking shit on the West Coast. And so about three weeks later, Ritzy goes, hey, Dave, guess what? Can I ride with you? I go, I go, what do you mean? Oh, Carmelita asked me to come up to the wake up show. How in the fuck are there all these thousands and thousands and thousands of hip hoppers in L.A. and like two best friends in the hip hop yeah. world yeah. are on this world famous show within like three weeks of one another yep i mean that's like that's crazy i'm getting i'm getting chills right now just thinking about that and you know that was such a great time that yeah you know for the books it's for the books you know this is during the time when uh the woo mansion was around (laughs) okay i got a story about that if we want that story that was fun (laughs) The Wu Mansion was for the second album of the Wu-Tang Clan when they had all got mad at each other and they decided they were going to live in this mansion up in Hollywood Hills or whatever. Anyway, I think the RZA and uh, Inspector Deck came to the show and they invited Sway and Tech to the show to, to come up to the Wu Mansion afterwards. <laughs> and I was like, so they're like, yeah, we'll think. So I go, Sway, well, I want to go. If I take you, Dave, you can't drink. You can't smoke. You can't do nothing. All you can do is just go. If you promise me that, I'll let you go. No problem. Yeah. I go there. Everybody's smoking. Everybody's drinking. Not sweat. I'm not saying he was doing it, but anyone was. Anyway, Ghostface Killer comes walking through, sauntering through the kitchen, and all of a sudden you hear bang. And he keeps walking. Uh, excuse me, ghost, uh, you dropped your bracelet. I mean, it must have been like a $90,000 bracelet that just hit the ground. And he kept didn't even realize he didn't drop the shit. I'm like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Anyway, sober night, great time. Would never forget. I thought that was so, so crazy that he just did not realize he had dropped his bracelet and he had so much respect to somebody. I mean, and it wasn't, you know, just industry people up in there. There was plenty of hood motherfuckers up yeah, in there. Yeah, they would have just jacked it for sure. Yeah. So, but anyway, 
that's that's that story. But back to us on the wake up show. I mean, that was just amazing. Yeah, it's like they I don't think they even knew that we were friends like that. I, I don't know. I don't know. And I don't you know, I, they did. They Carmelita definitely did not know we were friends. And I think. Well, I mean, you know, we would go around so often. Everyone thought you and I were a couple. And yeah. I think Sway and Tech thought we were a couple, yeah, too. Totally. Like, How do you guys both up here? I mean, Connelly <laughs> didn't ask you because she knew we were friends. You, you just had met her on some, you know, woman, uh, Latina or Latinx in um, hip hop. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. That was yeah, like, why I don't she even invited remember. you up there. Yeah, yeah, I don't even remember how it happened. And, you know, I talked to Carmelita. She was one of the first you know, supporters when I told her about this and, you know, she's down to come on. It's just scheduling hasn't happened. And I, you know, I don't know if she remembers, but, you know, it changed, it changed the shit for me. Like I, every time we'd be up there Mm -hmm. and the people that we've listened to (laughs) and admire new and old come up there and we're there too. I, and I'm the one that's recording their drops on Pro Tools. Like, mm. what? what is this life? Like, what is, like, I, I don't know. It was just, it's amazing, dude. It's amazing. And I can, you know, cannot thank them enough for doing that. And the fact, something, the stars aligning that both you and I, hardcore hip hop fans, both end up being interns at the Wake Up Show at the same, you know, like you said, three weeks apart from each other, but at the same time and it's not it like they off. had and it's not like they had a lot of intern data there was only two others <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there was a total of four of us i remember the first time they were like dave punch in the commercials and you're like punch these numbers like shit i punched in the commercials <laughs> <laughs> you know i remember the time they had us like you know carmelita couldn't be there so you had to like read all the cities yeah and I, did I think it you could and then you couldn't do it one time and he had me do it and then he was like go ahead i mean <laughs> it's crazy dude it's I crazy think, i don't think they i mean they know they know who they are and definitely to both of them and carmelita too and revolution yeah i mean you know <clears throat> we, we if you i don't know if they're still around but there's youtube videos of that time and mm-hmm. we're in we're in some of those because I'm right by the phone. I'm supposed to answer the phone sometimes. But you know <laughs> what? I couldn't. I've only maybe did. I was just talking to um, if you guys listen to episode 41 of Word to Your Mama. I have DJ Bonds and DJ Breeze on talking about um, how they directed and produced where we're from. The rise of L.A. hip underground hip hop, the elements documentary. So elements, those element clubs happen after unity, after uh Bigger B unfortunately passed away. They took over the reins. And so there's a documentary now. And I was, I texted Dave when I was watching, I got an advanced copy, uh, advanced link. And I was like, <clears throat> we're at all these shows. Oh, where are we? And <laughs> we're not in the dock, but I know, I remember those battles. I remember those battles and I remember oh, those yeah. shows. And I was like, we're there, stage left. If they just went a little bit over here, stage left, we would be there. So, anyways. I was telling them, uh, and I don't think it's on the, we talked to Grip on the combo about it, but then after we had a little catch up and we were talking about the wake up, cause they talk about the wake up show and stuff. And I was like, you know, how's Reb doing blah, blah, blah. 
and I was like telling him, I was like, yeah, I didn't really get a chance to, you know, Rev just was always kind of quiet. Like he didn't really talk. I go, no, one really talked to me. I don't know. Cause I was a girl. I don't know. Um, and then, uh, I was telling them they were rolling. I was like, yeah. Um, King tech hated me. Like he hated me. And one yeah, I don't time, think that's true. Oh, hated me. He, he, I remember he came in to the, to the other little studio where I recorded the drops and I had to like take out the, the bad word from one of the drops, but I didn't know how to do that. And he was getting so upset with me. He's like, you just don't like this. And, da, 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 da. <laughs> and then one time Carmelita wasn't there. And so he was like, Marissa, come on. Da, 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 da. And then he was like, I don't know if you remember that. Tech was like, nah. Don't have her do it. He was like, nah, don't, nah. He was like, don't, he was like, don't, don't do that, Carmelita. <laughs> or something like that. He's like, nah, don't oh, do that. Oh, really? Yeah. And I was like, oh, this motherfucker hates me. Well, that's probably because Sway liked you more than that. You know, I think they had a yin and yang type of thing going. But Rev, Rev, I always used to, when I, once I clued in, like I wanted to be in the studio listening to the rappers live. But once I realized, shit, if I don't have the headphones on, I can't hear the beat. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> like, I was like Eh, you know, it ain't so cool. Let me go in Rev's room because in Rev's room, I can hear the beat and the rappers. You know, but, but if you were in there, you better be fucking quiet because he's cutting and scratching, boy. You better be quiet. No, he was calm, cool, chill. Yeah, he's a quiet, even. he's like an introspective dude. Mm. They're just super talented. But so when your episode comes out, the movie, you haven't seen the doc yet. I can't wait for you to see it. Because I saw the trailer. I mean, Rev did produce 43 tracks. 63. Oh, 63. Sorry. 63. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but once you see the movie, I can't wait because, you know, uh, it's fantastic. It's, 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 our, it's a huge part of this history that we're talking about, you know? Like if, if there's a documentary about elements now, right? And then yeah. you do a, a, a documentary of the Wake Up Show and those events, a documentary yeah. of the uni events. <laughs> Yeah. The uh, a documentary of the cabana at Long Beach. Oh. Uh yeah. you know, a documentary of, you know, all these other like that's our whole that's our existence, our right. it was on and popping. It was like shh. Yeah, I don't I think once we found the the Elements Club, I don't it, it there had to been something crazy going on for us to miss that because yeah. we were like, I don't know what day it was what it was and then we mix in a little dragonfly for a little reggae here and there <laughs> <laughs> we always have fun up in that motherfucker yeah yeah it was good times man it was really good times and it was the music it was the music that really bonded us and we just kept rising within you know music but you know, I at think, the time yeah now that i'm thinking about it you know i think that's hip-hop's rise then too because before sure. you knew it those smaller clubs weren't big enough anymore and True. you know it was you know peppers was our first big little festival you know <laughs> <laughs> you know peppers was our first big little festival um and then from there it was like almost <laughs> all the shows we were going to were either at the key club key or club. at the roxy or at um house of blues yeah and that's where the shows were and the you know the smaller venues didn't really exist anymore and they were you know the good thing was 
Ritzy and I always got him free one way or another. (laughs) Shout out to Violet Brown, who definitely was my main hookup. um, Yes, for sure. I mean, to go through all that and to get into nearly every single show. And it was like, you know, I want to go in this. Okay, you're on the list. Yeah, it was it's it, it was great. It was really great. So, you know, people hearing part of our story, how we became, you know, like family and how we got to be interns at the wake up show. I wanted to talk about. Before you and I met growing up. OK, I you know, I always say on here, music saved my life and hip hop music, all music in general, but especially hip hop music. How yeah. important what how important was music <clears throat> and hip hop? to you growing up in the Bay Area? I mean, it, it, it is who I am today. You know, I feel so fortunate that, you know, breaking the movie, <laughs> <laughs> you know, came out, right? You know, at that time when I was, you know, 1984 is probably around the time, 83, somewhere like that, you know, when I, you know, was 10, 9, and, you know, I remember you know, having a couple favorite songs before hip hop. And that was Eye of the Tiger because I loved Rocky, you know, and uh, Whip It by Devo. And then the next favorite song I had was Nucleus Jam on it, you know. And from that <laughs> from that point forward, it was like, matter of fact, I think my first hip hop tape was from like Columbia Music Club, <laughs> some little compilation, you know, hip hop. I mean, it was funny. I was just thinking about this the other day. Like one of the songs on there was like white lines. White and I, lines. Right. And I'm like singing that. I have no idea what the hell. I know every <laughs> single word. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like every single song on there right now is like an old school hit. And, you know, from there, it just the culture just defined me of who I was. You know, I'm thankful that I grew up in the Bay Area, not to say, you know, at least where I grew up there, there really weren't color lines and I don't see color. And, you know, most of, most of my friends are not white. And quite honestly, I took a lot of flack for that when I was younger, but it's just, it's just the way it was, you know, I'm in sixth grade, I decided to play the saxophone and, you know, the two guys next to me were, were two black guys, you know what I mean? And they're still my, some of my best friends today. And, you know, then I fell in love with basketball and, you know, and I played basketball. I loved hip hop. And, you know, lots of other people are like, why, you know, why are you listening to that? I'm like, this is the real stuff. Like, I don't listen to that rock shit, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And from there, you know, I found Oakland Swap Meet, you know? And, you know, earlier before we started recording, you know, my, my microphone was all fucked up and the audio wasn't good. And that's probably goes back to then, you know, because I found out if I go to the Oakland Swap Meet, you know, I could throw down $20 and get 14 tapes. And I didn't give a fuck <laughs> that they were bootlegs. And I didn't give a fuck that I had to turn it up way past 10 to hear what it was saying. And I didn't give a fuck that sometimes side A was side B, you know, <laughs> right? Totally. Uh, you know, you know what I did? I found out that if I could take a little eraser with, 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 and, and take that off, I could write the songs in my own fucking pen, <laughs> you know, and it didn't fucking matter. And I'll be honest, I, you know, I have, you know, a love for E40 and my favorite E40 tapes, the one I got at the swap meet. I mean, mm-hmm. and I, that's more cherished to me than I, and I have tapes from him when that are worth well over $150, $200 right now, but I wouldn't, I'd trade those before my first E40 tape that was from the swap meet. So, you know, hip hop to me, it, 
is who I am, you know, and I'm glad to have this conversation today because I think, you know, over the last many years, I don't know if it's because I've gotten older. I don't know if it's because there haven't been as many shows. I don't know if it's because the people I want to listen to are harder to come by. I don't know, but, you know, I've kind of lost that touch. And I think hip hop in general has lost its touch as it's become world's number one music and that, you know, people don't understand the four elements of hip hop and hip hop has somewhat lost its way as a culture has lost its way of respect. You know, I mean, the things that are going on, I really have always felt like hip hop kind of bridged the gap from races way back when. And those people that were into hip hop, but were already onto all this stuff that people are just now talking about. And mm-hmm. if there were more people that listened to hip hop when they were younger, you know, maybe the world would be different and we wouldn't have to see what we saw during the summer, you know? Maybe, but also <laughs> with, with uh, Kano, who's on an earlier episode, we talked about how, you know, there's people that we knew in high school, college, that were all about hip hop. But mm-hmm. then it's like, as soon as they got, they graduated and they started working, it's like, they were no longer into hip hop. Like it was just a phase. And then when they, really? and then when they <laughs> see you, they're like, you still, you're still into hip hop. Like, yeah, motherfucker. Like, oh, really? Yeah. A, a lot of, we were talking about that. A lot of people have like that happened. Like, how do you, how were you into hip hop back in the days, but you're not into hip hop now? Like it doesn't even make, it doesn't even add up. It doesn't make sense. Like, I guess you weren't really a, a fan, I guess. I don't know. Like you just like, the popular shit i don't know but it's like oh you're still into that yeah i i love it it's it's part of me like you said it's like who i am of course i'm still into hip-hop i must have weeded those motherfuckers out a long time ago because only people i know are real life motherfucking hip-hoppers because <laughs> i must have known who you was back then and didn't fuck with you because i can't think i know there was me you and several other people violet and all that and they were into hip-hop and there were other people that listened to rap Okay, and I knew who the <laughs> fuck they were, but I would be you still into it. I mean, you know, I have a good friend, MCO one, who was like, where are you? How come you're not doing that hip hop Dave shit? You know, so I kind of maybe you're talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you still like it. you're not telling me like, oh, you still listen to that stuff and you would never leave it. You would never leave it. It's just a it's a fabric of who you are. It's a part of your molecular structure. Um, <clears throat> So let's. Let's get into the segment called questions and comments from the audience. Okay. First one. What about his dog in the Frisbee tournaments, Thurman? This is from your ex-roommate, the person that you've been around the country multiple times watching that MTV show. Okay. Now it makes sense as to why motherfuckers was talking to me for so long. I was fucking playing secrets, <laughs> secret games. Okay, go ahead. Danny Ibarra. Okay, what's the question? I what about the, what about his dog and the Frisbee tournaments? How did I do or how did I get into? Was yeah, the, like what I, I mean, I don't even know that you're in these tournaments. That's how we're we don't we're not in touch like that anymore. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I have a Belgian Malinois dog that's uh, a what? Belgian Malinois. Malinois. Okay. Malinois. They're police and military dogs. Got it. She was doing protection training, but you know, for different reasons, I decided to skate on out of that for a little bit. 
And, you know, me and my dog had an opportunity. We were playing Frisbee. Um, There's some Frisbee tournaments where you different competitions here and there. And we started to enter some of those events. We've done pretty well. First competition I went up for, did not know the rules, placed last. And the next one I came in, we came in first. Oh, shit. So, and I was just in one this last weekend. And I did this thing called freestyle, not rapping, but you kind of throw the Frisbee (laughs) around. I didn't have a routine or anything like that. And I missed out third place by one point. Um, Frankie always does well. It always comes down to me, but she had had a good time. I had a good time. That's what Um, matters. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the next one. How do you stay connected to music? And that is from one of your oldest friends as well. And also now currently one of your coworkers, Rebecca Cervantes. That's a word to your mama episode number 12 guest. He just left the screen, folks. He left his seat. I don't know where he went. And now he's back. Sorry. How do I stay connected to music? I mean, you can't see it right now, but I've got about, um, you know, it's fuzzed uh, out. Your background it's fuzzed, fuzzed out. out. But anyway, long story short, <laughs> I, you know, I got a large ass motherfucking collection. I stare at it every fucking day um, on Spotify, constantly trying to find new shit. But, um, you know, it, it, it's not super easy to stay into music. When I don't really drive too far anymore, you know, but it's always around me. It's in everything I do. It's kind of sad now that I'm kind of thinking about it, but I guess, you know, it's harder to like find the music I want to listen to now that Spotify is around. You kind of go. It seemed would it be easier. You go on there, it's like, okay, search new releases. You go on new releases and they're like putting like, we think you'd like this, but no, motherfucker, I don't like that. (laughs) How long (laughs) have you been on Spotify? I'm a beta tester, put it to you like that. Okay, because once you start listening to the shit that you like, new, old, the reason why I had a free account for a long time and then I tried, did little, um, you know, trials for different music streaming platforms and then yeah. i've been on there either with the free account and now i pay for that shit because it's the best one for years i've been on it for years and now i and now the past two years or three years i pay for a premium account because i don't want any commercials or anything like that and i want to be able to skip shit and find whatever because once you start using it and playing your shit it really gets a great algorithm going and it really you'll be like, yes, yes, Spotify. I would like that. Thank you. And then time capsules and all these different things. Once it gets to know your music taste, it really, really does a really good job. I feel. Okay. I do pay as well. So we're, we're even par there. I feel like Spotify just because, you know, one thing we didn't talk about is I did work at Amoeba 
uh, in yeah. Hollywood. And, you know, I think Spotify will always only have about 70% of what I want to listen to because there's lots of old school soul and different shit like that, that I can't necessarily, that's out of print. The label's gone. It can't be on there. And I mean, it does do, does find some stuff, but I'm talking yeah. about looking for like new Bay area releases. You know, I mean, it's just, I think you're, you're probably digging into the, the, curated playlist that I wouldn't necessarily listen to. But now that you've said something, maybe I'll give them a shot. Maybe yeah, I'll give you've them been a shot. there for a while, you know, and you've been listening, whatever you can find that you like, you know what I'm saying? If you listen to the ones that are for you, you know, maybe not the new releases, but like the time capsule, yeah. ones you like, you know, once you start, you know, harding the ones you like, it starts putting them together. And now I have all these different playlists. And then I have this one, where it kind of shows me new shit with old shit mixed in that they would, they think I would like. I mean, it's great. And I understand like there's out of print, like newer shit that might not be on there, but eventually it will be on there. But out of all the platforms they have, I, I feel more obscure stuff. Cause you can, you know, you could be the kid down the street made a, made a track and, uh, and now you can put it on Spotify. No problem. You where? know, so you can find, you can find stuff. Where? Like SoundCloud type shit could, could be up on there. Yeah, totally. As long as you put it up. Um, it was who was it? <clears throat> it was uh someone, a friend of mine, their son has a song. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I was like, oh, cool. Where can I listen to? He's like Spotify to put it on Spotify. He's not on a label, totally independent shit. Put oh, it on good. Spotify. Yeah, I mean, me and my friend, you may remember I would put out these mixtapes with my other friend once CD, once MP3s came out and we put out like monthly stuff, me and my boy Juan, Raider J. And, you know, we're on there. We curate many, many um, playlists from R&B, soul, jazz, all the way down. So I don't know, maybe that's my fault that I'm just... I'm just have my nose stuck up and that my, my playlist is better than Spotify's. Because I tell you, I could put on one of those playlists that are rap playlists or a Bay area playlist. And I'm not skipping a song. Uh, me and this guy, similar to friends like you are who I met through eBay on a two short record deal that went awry um, back in eBay, very beginning days. He and I are still probably best music friends. I, I've never met somebody in my life that, if he likes something, I like it. I mean, 99.99% of the time. So we have a collabo thing, but uh, okay. So that's how I stay connected with Spotify. With Spotify, SoundCloud, whatever, like a bunch of different things. I feel like it's, you don't have to drive anywhere because there's, you know, a lot of the show, it's a pandemic anyways, but also now you can reach all over the world and find some good shit. No, I definitely have found lots and lots and lots of stuff on there. And I'm not and saying I feel, it's not that. And I feel like, you know, the the up and coming Bay Area folks, they're young, they're savvy. They're uploading somewhere. You can listen to it on the internets. I mean, stuff I've found, yes. I, I don't think they've quite figured it out. Maybe that's what I'm supposed to do, help them figure it the fuck out. But I don't Maybe. think they're all straight on there. But you know. I mean, rap these days, they almost all sound the same. Some don't don't turn Dave. Don't be don't be one of those people 
that are in our age bracket, they're like, I don't. I'm like trying not. To, da, da, da. I'm not saying I don't. I'm not saying I, know. I don't. I, that's I need. What I'm saying. I need. Don't be. Don't turn into one of those. I need. I need help finding those new folks. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So the last one of the questions and comments from the audience. Let me. Let me read it to you. Here. Please. Let me read it to you. Let me get Your it. Your hair together. looks nice. Oh, thanks. I have it in some uh, little braids. Thank you. Um, I have heard Dave's version of how he came to the warehouse to meet me. I am hmm. always honored to hear him tell it, but I am not sure if Dave knows how much he impressed me when he came into my office for the first time. At work, I often felt like I was on an island by myself. Although my department was loaded with great and knowledgeable music buyers, I felt that I had no one to talk hip hop with. I have always loved music and met <clears throat> and always just about all genres. If the music is good and speaks to my heart, I am with it. So I could discuss rock, alternative, pop, country, etc., with the other buyers. But when it came to my genres, they were not very interested. <clears throat> I was as... It was as though if I was buying world music and speaking another language when it came to my genres. I received new music from hot new artists long before they were released, and I could not listen, then run into another office to share my excitement with them. In fact, the few times that I did, they would say, I don't get it, or I don't hear it. I would have hmm. major rappers show up at my office, and it would be no of no interest to them. The most excitement I ever saw in them was when like Suge Knight or Rodney King would come to my office. They knew them for being in the news and being infamous. When Eminem came by one day, one of them told me a white rapper that will never happen. As though M was the first white rapper. And this was coming from a white person that knew nothing about rap. I won some big hip hop honors and accolades and it meant nothing to the rest of these buyers. So that painted the picture of what I was up against in my office. So when I met Dave in our lunchroom, he stood and told me why he came into the warehouse I, and I wanted to know him. I invited him to my office and heard all about the rappers that he loved. And it just so happened that I had some new music from some of them in my office. I finally had someone in my company that was excited to talk hip hop. It made perfect sense that Dave loved hip hop because many of the industry leaders were also white and several were Jewish, just like Dave. Dave had crazy knowledge of hip hop. He knew lyrics, where everyone was from. So Dave became my road dog, my plus one or two, depending if my partner joined us for shows. We went to all the A-list hip hop events. I loved introducing Dave to some of his hip hop heroes. Dave is still like a son to me. He is smart, witty, sometimes corny, and mm. he has a heart of gold and no one can write letters in cards as heartfelt as Dave. That is from Violet Brown, VP of Label Development at Strange Music, formerly Director of Urban Music at The Warehouse uh, Music and FYE. Is that what it was called back in the days? Yeah. For your entertainment. For your entertainment. So she she gave you a comment, and I think that was amazing. What do we think about that? Well, first off, I want to say I love you, and I appreciate you for going out there and, like, talking to her about that. And I definitely love Violet. And, you know, I've done 
many things over the last couple of years just to stay close to her that have nothing to do with hip hop. And I love her for, for sharing that. And her and I have been friends for well over 20 years. And I did not know that, that, um, and so I'm going to do my best to keep it together here, but, um, (laughs) that's awesome to hear that. I mean, I could talk about Violet for a whole nother hour. I could talk about all the different places and the folks she introduced me to what, specifically do you want to know to shorten this motherfucker up (laughs) so i just wanted to let that sink in i want you to be able to hear it and then you'll be able to hear it again when you hopefully listen to this episode but i just wanted to take a pause because you know i know she's someone that's very special to you so i wanted to make sure to reach out to her and and get a question or comment and she went above and beyond thank you violet for for doing this um, and then she has her question. Here's oh, my okay. here's my question for Dave. If you could plan the perfect huge hip hop festival like Coachella, but all hip hop, who would be the X? Okay. She's like, well, I don't want to say living or dead because all the dead artists can I, take up a whole festival. Okay, there's nobody dead I'd invite. Okay. 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 <laughs> well, I mean, they're they take a whole festival, just like you said. Um, <laughs> So only hip hop, right? She said, yeah, huge hip hop, huge hip hop okay. festival. Sharday's well, out. So she would be the headliner. <laughs> so we'll have to go with Too Short. Okay. We'll have to go with E-40. Of course. Okay. Then we'll have to go with my favorite hip hop group, Dilated Peoples. All right. For sure. Okay. Um, and can I get groups back together? Yeah. Okay. Well, so let me just say about Dilated is the de facto favorite hip hop group of all time because they're the only ones that did not break up <laughs> epmd would Please be there me. yeah and the ghetto boys nice of course bushwick rest in peace rest in peace um let's see gosh uh can't invite him he's gone um <laughs> Mac Dre, I would love to have oh, Mac Dre. Sure. I would, I would bring Mac Dre for a hologram. Um, <laughs> God damn, KRS One would have to be there. The teacher? Did we? We didn't. We didn't talk about you that. No, he just came out with something not too long ago. Temple of Hip Hop. I'm hip. I'm Temple of Hip Hop member two one three. You can't get more. <laughs> you can't get any more LA than that. He had a hip hop uh, thing out here, uh, all about the elements of hip hop. Shit. Uh, gosh, um, man. You, Go up on my wall over here. You get well. I'm just supposed to name up everybody. I mean, Jewel just. I guess she said who would be the perfect lineup for your for your. I've named all those folks. I mean, the Goody Mob. I'd probably love to have the Goody Mob yeah, there. Outcast, pre yeah. that music box shit. Um, uh, <laughs> God, I'm a huge um, Luke Skywalker fan. I would want two live crew there. <laughs> Gosh, now I'm naming all these folks. You realize that a lot of these folks are are gone, you know? Um, but geez, I had a great time with Violet at, at a Luke Skywalker party. Were Ooh. you out there in Palm Springs? Oh no. my God. No, I did not. Oh my God. This was the best party I'd ever been was to that, in my life. Was that a house? Hotel? Oh yes, it was in a hotel room. I'm not gonna <laughs> oh, go shit. into I'm not gonna go into that, but let me tell you, <laughs> if I ever got married. Trust me, somehow, some way, Luke Skywalker's throwing my motherfucking bachelor party. <laughs> I, I promise you that. Um, gosh, who else can we get? We could get uh, 
Tech Nine could be there, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, geez, the Wu Tang Clan would have to come. <laughs> Spice One. <laughs> oh, damn. MC8, Compton's Most Wanted. I'd have Please Compton's Most Wanted. have it. Compton's Most Wanted do their whole first album. They don't got to do anything else, just their first album. DJ Quick. Um, J.O. Felony could come in and do his Fuck song with 40. Felony. Nope. Well, he could do 40 songs. Okay. You know, I'll tell you this about J.O. Felony. He had, and if I ever found this, it was back when you couldn't like, he had the most unique way of making a clean album ever. I don't remember what album it was, but like whenever there would be like bad words, he found like the right sound to like let you know exactly what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, man, gosh, I don't know. I think I've named all the. That's a that's a long ass festival. To... That's like multiple days. LMNO would have to be there. <laughs> Just for you and I. <laughs> Grin and bear it. Yeah, we could do our old classic. Um, we'd have to get we'd have to get Rocca to do friction. That's for damn sure. Please believe it. I keep asking him to do it somewhere, somehow. Um man. Has to be one other person I'm forgetting. You tell me who I'm forgetting. You give know. me you give me three that you're like, Dave, what about them? No, I think I think for you and who you love, I think you name like the heavy hitters that would most deaf have to be there. Oh, I've most t- deaf, fine, bring them. <laughs> Black Star. Oh my God, tell me about it. Or have you know what? Have everybody from uh, what was that? Sound bombing, like. Do all that. Oh, shit. just do that. Yeah. That'll be dope. I think I just uh, one of those songs popped up the other day, actually, on a playlist. I was like, damn, that's right. This sound bobbing CD need, was the shit. I need to listen. I'm gonna listen to that tomorrow. I haven't listened to it in a while. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it fucking still holds. Oh yeah. Well, we'll yeah. get yeah, young boy never broke again. I do like him. He's a new artist. I'm well, not say, new anymore. But, okay. You don't know him? I'm not knowing. Okay. I'm not, He's, I'm not up. Okay, well, he's probably the hottest young rapper there is. Um, he's dope as fuck. He has his own style. You know, back in our day, you had to have a style. You couldn't yeah. just buy it off of somebody because if you did, then they'd be like, you don't have your own style. You could take some parts of somebody's style, but still make it your own. Yeah. You know, uh, he's one of the young dudes that I that I like. And but he's, from the he's Bay? Wh- No, no, no. He's from Louisiana. Uh, You've never heard of him? I don't think so. No. (laughs) He's the last concert I went to right before COVID straight hit. And believe it or not, I actually paid for the concert ticket. Whoa, whoa. No, you have to send me, you have to send me a link to to a shit because I'm not knowing. All right, I'll put, put, I'll give you my playlist. Okay, yeah, do that. And then I'll give you my playlist, old Mm -hmm. school, old school hype songs that I think okay. you would love. I think you would Absolutely. love. Um, okay. So you think you got it all? That's a, that's a big lineup. You think we're good on your. I don't think I even scratched the surface, <laughs> but I got, I got all the people I'd be, I'd be excited to see shit. <laughs> but, okay. So. And I think I'd have met them all because of you were Violet. So just to 
button that just a just a just a button that up real quick like <laughs> i think outside of literally compton's most wanted and the goody mob everybody else. i don't think i'd have met everyone else and almost all of them would know my name that's real that's uh, he, you're stating facts Stating you know, facts. We're, we're Violet. I had met Violet and she told, told you that little story there. I'm not lying to you. She found out E-40 was my favorite rapper. It, it probably wasn't four days later. She said, Dave, come down to the office. I remember you told me about that shit. I said, uh, I said, what? She goes, somebody wants to talk to you on the phone. I come in there. What's up, Dave? <laughs> this is E-40. And this actually, this actually circles back to you. Because back in the day, I had made this two-hour tape. It was the longest tape you could make, 120 minutes. It was called The Click, The Come Up. And you somehow, I don't remember, you can maybe fill that in, but you had got the tape and you introduced me to his brother, Young Muggsy. Me? Yes, you. And you introduced me to Young Muggsy. It might have been before I was working with Nate Dog, but anyway, I introduced me to Young Muggsy. I gave him the tape. And he gave it to 40. Oh. I walk in the office and, and he's like, what's up? I'm like, did you get that tape? He's like, yes, Mungsy gave me that tape, blah, 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 blah. And I'm not lying to you. From that day forward, 40 would call me on his own and be like, Dave, I want to play some new shit for you. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's crazy. It, it was amazing. No. I, we, I, we were so hyped for you because we know how much that meant and first of all, let, let me just say this for the folks out there. Yeah. Dave was like, I know who Violet Brown is. I want to work with Violet Brown. So what does Dave do? He goes and he gets himself a job to work at Warehouse and to be near Violet, work with Violet. Like he just made it happen. And Violet, for those folks that don't know, there was the Source magazine, which was the biggest hip hop magazine there was. And every year, and it was maybe to what she was talking about, the big award she won, yep. she was named every single year in the Source magazine, 30 Most Powerful People. And it said she worked for the warehouse. There was a warehouse store down the street. There was a group called Ugly Duckling. There was a boy by the name of Rod Rodney, DJ Shout Einstein, yep. who I... Asked him about, does he live in Palm Springs? I think he might. Yeah, he does. That, okay, he's one okay. of the reasons why we moved out. He was like, yeah, it's nice. Okay. Right. All right. So that's my boy. <laughs> so anyway, I was like, do you know her? And he was like, yeah, she's hella cool. She helped us get our deal. Yeah. And you know, the first concert she invited me to? Ugly Duckling at the Tuberdor. And I have pictures that I think they use for a couple of things. Because at the oh, time, really? I thought I was going to be a photographer, remember? And oh, then you yeah. Guys I think Warehouse had like a radio show or something like that. They're trying to get one done. And then Ugly Duckling was on. So I have these amazing black and white photos that I took of them. Mm -hmm. um, and then DJ Young Einstein, Rodney, he would all, his his signature look is his gold ropes, yeah. his rope chains. And it was him and the other two dudes. And I have photos. So that, that was like before anything. I don't even I don't even know where I was working at the time. And then you hooked me up with that. Weren't you working for some magazine, some hits magazine? I was working. There it was. But you, but you know what? If I gave your tape to Muggsy, if I gave it to Muggsy, the, I was like, how did I do that? The only way I, could, I can think that I did that was maybe through Bosco. 
because I was interning at Bo- yeah, for Bosco. I, I think we must have went to a party or something like that. And then Muggsy was there. And I got to say, he's like one of the realest people I ever met in my entire life. Like had to be there. Had to and be I there. feel bad that I ain't kept in touch with him like I should have. But anyway, yes. Um, yeah, because I was interning there and then he had a record release party. I remember must Naisha, have been, it was, that was it. It was at the record release Naisha, party. Naisha was there. Like I invited all everybody. I think Aaron was there. We all yeah. went and all you guys were there. I probably had the tape in my pocket, like hoping yeah. somebody I bump into somebody. Yeah. So maybe you didn't give it to him. I gave it to him, but yeah, it was I think because you, of that party. It was because of that party. Cause I don't think yeah, yeah. I would, but maybe, maybe you wanted him to get it. I could see maybe you saying like, go give this to him. And I'll be like, Hey, but no, I'm pretty, yeah, I think I'm pretty sure, I think I sure you did it yourself, but it was yeah. at that thing at yeah, that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Bosco. Wow. Bosco. Yeah. Look him up producer. I just recently he's on tip on TikTok. I call it tip top. But he's on that. Um, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, I forgot that I interned for Bosco. <laughs> we we forget all. It's a long. It's a long history. It's a long history of music. Um, yeah. Okay. Before you go, let's get into the not so rapid fire questions. The AKA slow as hell questions. All right. First three. First one. Three words to describe yourself, Dave. Fair. Loyal, mm-hmm. committed. Please believe it. What's the best piece of advice you received? The grass grows where you water it. Say that again. Say that again, Dave, for the people in the back. The grass grows where you water it. That's right. That is correct. And I think, tell me if you agree, I think you realize it as you get older. Absolutely. You can take that statement and apply it to anything in your life. If you want to be negative, you could be negative. You want to be positive. You could be positive. You want to be in a fucked up mood for 10 minutes because you want to take that moment. You can take that moment, but you know, ultimately, you know, we are controlled by our thoughts and we're, we're in control of that and those situations. And it is what it is. And I'm not going to sit here and say, I got it all figured out. And I've been, <laughs> I've been, I've been uh, watering hella wrong motherfucking places for quite some time, <laughs> but nevertheless, this right here is a positive place. I'm and um, yeah, I think you can apply that to anything. I'm trying for to teach sure. that to, to anybody I meet. For sure. And I feel like the younger you, you learn that lesson, you realize it and you apply it, the, the better, the better you are. Okay. The next one. What is the song that you put on to get hyped when you need to get hyped? You need a little extra oomph. You're about to head into something. You're a little nervous or, you know, whatever, whatever. What's this, your go-to song? I got a hip hop one, which is Mac Dre doing what I do. Okay. Okay. And then I got my uh, one for everyone else today in a hip hop, and I'll be my Elton John still standing. (laughs) I love that. Love that. Okay. And I will be make sure that I add those to the word to your mama guest hype song playlist that I am putting together right now. So you'll be able to hear that. And so we'll have everything from uh, anti MOP anti up to Ooh. Elton John. Bring them, bring them to the festival. I forgot you know? about them. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, okay. Last question. 
What will be your legacy? You know, I think for me, as I look back and had kind of an introspective week over this last week with some, you know, pretty shocking news, you know, is that I got to be me. I, I can't, I always got to wear my heart on my sleeve. And if folks take advantage of that, they take advantage of that. And I'm always going to be who you met on day one, even if you didn't like me in the first <laughs> 15 minutes. You know, I'm not going to bite my tongue, hold my tongue and not tell you exactly what it is I feel about you because I know in my heart I speak the truth. And, you know, my legacy is hopefully going to be like he said, he said who he was. He was fair. He was honest. He was loyal. Um, no matter what I did to him, he had my back. Uh, you know, all those things that that I feel like, quite honestly, my mom taught me and showed me who 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 I was that I have later on in life. And, um, you know, I want to definitely be able to as you get older, you you run into, you know, you run into the youth and you try to tell the youth earlier on and, and hope that they'll learn the lessons from you. And, you know, I'm probably one of them old guys now that's just like, <laughs> shut the fuck up, you know, but ultimately I'm not going to shut the fuck up because I think if it could sink in just a little bit to one person, one younger person earlier than it took for me to learn those lessons, I think they'd be better off, off of it. But I, I hope my legacy is that, he was real as fuck. He didn't do dirt to nobody. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you couldn't shake him and nobody could ever say that I wasn't a good friend. That's real. I can, yeah. I can concur for sure. You are family, Dave. Uh, you always have my back. Even if we, you know, we don't talk as much anymore. We're not going to as many shows. It doesn't matter. I know in my fucking bones. If I need you, I call you without question. You're down. You got my back. You, you'll do whatever I need. And I hope you know that it's vice versa, that I got your back and you could always reach out no matter what. 100%. And I feel the exact same way. It doesn't, you know, I was talking with Danny Jose the other day and we talked for over two hours and, you know, it wasn't like shit. I mean, you don't, you don't spend that many, many days together and, and just lose, lose track of somebody, especially when you know they're real people. And, and I love you and I appreciate you for having me on. And I'm so proud of you for, you know, sticking to the, the hustle that you put forth. Gosh, it feels like over 20 years already. And, you yeah. know, I know it's been an up and down road and I'm so proud of you. No, thank you, Dave. I love you too. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. And you, when the pandemic is over, let's get back into some shows. Let's, you know, stage left, elbows up. Shit, I was <laughs> counting on that 25th, 30 year anniversary dilated show. So shit. I know, no shit. Next year, hopefully. That would have been amazing, dude. Right there. It would it was like it would it was about to be epic. It was about to be epic. We were um Danny, uh Aaron, Rebecca, and I were all talking about doing a 30-year uh, anniversary party. You can come even though you're a year <laughs> behind us, but you could come. Thanks. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> all right. Thanks. Peace. Peace. Staying competitive in these dynamic times means having the right technology at work for your small or medium-sized business. Whether your goal is to grow, downsize, or modernize, 
Panoply BPO provides the right combination of tools, support, and affordability necessary to make it a reality. Visit panoplybpo.com. That's P-A-N-O-P-L-Y-B-P-O.com to schedule your no-obligation consultation today. Mention WTYM and get your 13th month of service for free. PanoplyBPO.com. There is a better way. And now, introducing the Supernatural Bear Corner. Supernatural Bear. What's up, everyone? I am SMB16 or the Supernatural Bear, and today, for Uncle Dave's episode, I'm going to tell you guys the story of how I owe my life to him. Like, literally, I do. Um, so, it goes all the way back to, um, I think college, I think, yeah. My mom was in college, um, she met this person named Thea Aaron, who is either already has an episode or might get an episode soon we'll talk about her later um yeah but Thea Aaron had like a crew and Uncle Dave was a part of the crew and um my mom didn't like Uncle Dave at first she likes him now so yeah um but Uncle Dave is actually the person who introduced mama to my father, who is coming up on the yearly episode. And, um, yeah, Uncle Dave introduced my mom to my father, then they started dating, had me, got married, and happily ever after. Uh, so, yeah, I do kind of owe my life to Uncle Dave for introducing my dad to my mom. Because without my dad and my mom being together, and if Uncle Dave didn't introduce my dad to my mom, then... I wouldn't be around, folks. Anyway, that's the story of how my Uncle Dave saved my life. This has been SMB. Shoopy-doo. Yeah. There you have it, folks. Episode 42, A Word to Your Mama with someone that is definitely part of my tribe, mi familia, a quality Caucasian, if you will, Dave Dice Gilmore, J.D. Aura for life. And what about my little man giving that story? That came up recently. It was We went up to finally visit his grandparents. Hadn't seen him since, in person since January of 2021. And we went up there and then uh, Grandma B was like, oh, he was telling me the story of a, the two most important people in his life. And he talked about his Uncle Dave and he mentioned that story. And I was like, well, now you know if I, when I have your Uncle Dave on, what will be your Supernatural Bear Corner? Boom. Easy breeze. No brainer. My little mans. Uh, I'll, yeah. What he said is, is, is true. Um... <laughs> Dave was very instrumental in me meeting my now husband. Ugh, hate saying that word. My partner in crime, if you will. And it is true. <laughs> he had a lot to do with that. So that's hilarious that he 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 thought of that. 
Anyways, let's remember, folks, this episode is really about remembering not who you were, but who you are. There's certain things that are essential to you and how you move accordingly. And sometimes you forget and sometimes you need to be reminded a little bit. And I think this was one of those times and I'm hoping this is something that Dave will always remember. Also, thank you so much for your continued support. This will be the last episode of August uh, 2021. We started this podcast just because I had nothing to do and I needed a creative outlet. I didn't have the bandwidth to create any type of visual art. So I wanted to express myself with this. And we started last September. September 10th was the first when I dropped the first three episodes. So what we're going to do since the first Monday of September is Labor Day, I'm going to repost one of the earlier episodes that I think would probably be amazing for those who are new to the podcast to take a gander during your holiday. And then after that, we're going to be coming with a special one year anniversary episode. So if you have anything you would like to say, you would like to ask that you want us to answer on during that episode, please hit us up at Ola at Ritz, ugh, sorry, wrong podcast. <laughs> Ola at wordyourmama.com. And don't forget, you can hit us up on any of the socials at WTYMAMA. That's WTYMAMA. Also, my Facebook account was hacked. Make sure you guys do the appropriate security measures that they have in place now because they are out there and they'll get your shit. I could give a fuck about Facebook, but I have to be on there because of the Supernatural Bears co-op and other and a couple of other enrichment classes that he takes. So I've been on there since 2009, already downloaded all my stuff, waiting for the day that I could quit that. But it's been a pain. And I had to redo all of my passwords for everything because these hackers got in, guys. And now I have no control over the Word to Your Mama Facebook page, but I can still post on it. So, you know, it is what it is. So make sure you do that. But we're going to have that special episode. Let us know if you have any questions or comments. Thank you so much for the continued support. If you are interested and would like a copy of the media kit, please go to wordtoyourmama.com, hit the media kit button. In the next couple of days, by September 1st, will be the updated version. If you would like me to send it to you directly, hit me up. I will send it to you. Let's spread the word, guys. Leave a review. Let, ha, let's help people find us. And let's continue to spread these amazing stories from these amazing people. As my good friend Kim says that uh, this helps with uh, the universal and the specific, the specific stories that are universally appealing to everyone. Everyone can find little snippets, little tidbits that they can grab on to learn from or just see someone that has similar, similar shit. As always, we reap. Word to Your Mama is owned and produced by Ritz P. The intro is produced by Nico Beats. If you want to get a hold of us and see other things, all there is to know, go to wordtoyourmama.com. And as always, 
Word to Your Mama is brought to you by RitzPeriwinkle.com and PanoplyBPO.com.